Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash Petty Revenge. Our next Reddit post is from 5 Prime. Back in high school, I had one teacher who would outright bully me. He would openly mock my clothes, questions, or even how I talked in front of my peers. He even acknowledged the behavior as though being sassy and sarcastic to students was a source of pride. It's important to note that this teacher was also in charge of student government, which I was part of. Our student government organizes Spirit Week with theme days, where students are encouraged to dress up and engage with different theme days throughout the week. Neon day came around, and I didn't have any real neon clothes. I wore some shoes with electric blue stripes, and while it wasn't much, I hoped for the best. Unfortunately, I ran into the aforementioned butthole teacher, who then yelled at me in the hallway, shaming me in front of everyone. Essentially, he went off on me because I was student government and, according to him, I was not putting in enough effort for the event we organized. I tried to brush it off, but not too long after, I went shopping with my family and found a fluorescent orange windbreaker jacket. This is where the fun began. I proceeded to find the brightest neon orange shorts to match and several highlighter yellow shirts. I decided at this point to make it my personal fashion style to be neon 24-7. For the first week, the teacher mocked my fluorescent fashion choice. However, after about a week, he realized it was physically difficult to look in my direction and made the mistake of admitting it to me. I knew what I had to do then. I kept this fashion statement going for a year and a half until graduation, frustrating him every day. Soon, he'd move me to the back corner of the class because he couldn't see me while lecturing. Coincidentally, it became a lot harder for him to make condescending remarks when he couldn't even look at me. Our next Reddit post is from Yelling Snowloaf. My spouse, Jack, is a wonderful person and I love him dearly, but he can be a little one-track-minded sometimes. We moved a few months ago and due to the bathroom setup, the extra toilet paper rolls have to be a few feet away from the toilet. In our previous house, the toilet was right next to a cabinet so it was easy to replace the roll. Since moving, Jack often leaves an empty toilet paper roll in the holder and places the new roll on a surface by the toilet. Sometimes, he'll use the last of a roll and not even get a new one out for the next user. Super inconsiderate, but no one's without faults, right? I brought it up in casual conversation a few times, but he keeps doing it. Okay, so I told Jack the issue and I permitted a few times of reminding him so that he can form the habit, but he isn't even trying. Time to get petty. Jack really, really prefers that the toilet paper be up and over rather than under and behind. Of course, now when I replace it after he should have, I purposefully do it the way I know he doesn't like. Jack always fixes it the next time he uses it. One day he said, You know, the toilet paper is supposed to go up and over. I told him that I did know he really prefers it that way, and if he replaced it himself, then he wouldn't have to worry about it. That look of, Wait a minute, hey! was wonderful. I'll keep doing this until I no longer need to. Our next Reddit post is from Judge Judy. First of all, I understand that leaving something behind in an Uber is a pain in the butt for the driver. Uber has recently added a $15 fee for a driver returning an item, which I completely support, and in the past, I've given a driver a $20 tip for returning my item. Now to my story. Last Friday night, I left both my phone and wallet in an Uber on my way home from a party. I thought they might have been left at the party, so I waited until Saturday morning to check before reaching out to the Uber driver. My phone is off, so no luck with finding my iPhone, which is strange because I went out with a full charge. My friend is unable to find it at his place, so I reach out to the driver. 
I try him a few times throughout the day, and I either get his voicemail or he answers and immediately hangs up. I understand they work weird hours, so no alarms yet. Finally I get through, and he confirms he has the phone, but says he can't meet today. When I ask when he can meet, he starts to pretend he can't hear me and just says, Hello? Hello? Before hanging up. I try him the rest of Saturday and Sunday, getting the same voicemail and hang up runaround. I reach out to Uber, who reaches out to him directly asking about my items. Monday morning, Uber tells me he doesn't have them, and despite me telling them that he confirmed that he did on Saturday, they were about as helpful as you'd expect. I get a hold of the driver Monday afternoon after repeated attempts, which is only the second time I've ever spoken to him at this point. His story is now that he doesn't have them, and when I say that I'm going to get the cops involved, he hesitates for a second, but then doubles down and says that he can prove that he doesn't have them. I file the police report, and then, as a last-ditch effort, decide to take the number I got from his answering machine and text him, offering $200 for my items returned, no questions asked. Well, guys, as luck would have it, he found my phone and wallet. My offer must have made them magically appear out of thin air. I grab 200 bucks from the bank and we arrange a meeting time, which he repeatedly moves. I'm having to do this all without a phone, so shout out to my lovely wife for coordinating this. He's apparently very excited during this call and is asking how his reward will be paid. I wait in the rain for an hour for this guy. Finally, I spot his car, confirm it's him, and jump in the front seat. I pull out the money and ask to see my stuff, which he pulls out of his center console and places near me. I start counting out the money on my lap, and once I reach 200 bucks, I pick up the money, take my wallet and phone, and say, here you go, without actually handing it to him. I book it out the car and don't look back. I go the opposite way he's facing so he can't follow me and make my way to a pedestrian-only courtyard. Surprise, surprise, my phone is turned off with plenty of battery left, which means he turned it off so I couldn't find it. I feel for Uber drivers who have to deal with customers leaving stuff behind, but I would have happily worked with him to make it as convenient as possible to return my things. Refusing to coordinate and then lying about having things that you find is theft, and it felt great to pull a fast one on this butthole. Our next Reddit post is from Wasa. Now, we all like the occasional garden party. However, my neighbor seems to be an entertainer. That is, every weekend evening, they like to host a party, often in the garden, and have friends and several families with kids over. This family and their guests, rather than have civilized discussions, like to shout over each other, and generally, whoever shouts the loudest gets to talk for a while, let alone the kids who start screaming for attention. I used to let this go, at first, but after a whole summer of them being louder than my TV or stereo in my own home, I had to do something about it. So now, I wait until they serve up the food and everyone's plated up before I crank up the lawnmower and drown them out so they can no longer hear each other, and they scuttle off inside having to carry everything in and relay the table. Sometimes, they come out after I'm done and set up and continue. It just so happens that I find a bush or tree that needs tending to with the hedge trimmer. Petty as hell, but it makes me feel better. Down in the comments, I'm going to read this post from S.M. Parkle. You should befriend the neighbor on the other side of them and offer to mow their yard for free. The neighborhood isn't going to gang up on the nice guy who mows others' yards for free. Our next Reddit post is from Marksor. Here I am, working a Saturday evening shift at a card and gift store. Thank Hallmark, but not that brand name. As anyone that's worked one can tell you, a good 50% of the customers are clearly en route to the event they're buying the card for, and a good 50% of those people think that their lack of planning is your problem. 
So I'm in the middle of assisting a customer when I see a very expensive car pull up and park in the far lane outside the store. A man in a very expensive suit gets out of the car and walks in. Upon entering, he hits to the back without breaking stride and shouts, Wedding cards? I don't even think he saw me. He just figured that since he's the most important person in the world, then there must be someone at his beck and call. I'm mid-sentence with my customer, so I finish it before addressing him. Before I can, he actually used a little effort to find the clearly labeled cards himself, which he politely informed me of with a Got it! About four seconds later, he arrived at the counter, having obviously picked out the first card he saw. Maintaining volume, he respectfully requests to borrow a pen to fill out the card while he's in the process of reaching over the counter to grab one from my pen cup. While he's filling out the card, as I ring up my next customer around the space that he's taking up on my counter, I look down and notice that he's addressed the card to at least one male name. I also notice that he's picked out the one wedding card that we sell that is unambiguously for a lesbian couple. I saw no reason to trouble him with that information. In the words of the great Sun Tzu, never interfere with your enemy when he's making a mistake. Our next Reddit post is from This Boy's Free Taco Bell. This just happened today, and I've been dreaming of having a moment like this my whole life. It seems lame, but I had to share. There's this popular home store I go to quite often because I have an addiction to buying throw blankets and coffee mugs. Because of this, all of the employees at the store recognize me and I'm friendly with them. This worked in my favor today. I pull up to the line with a cart that has 15 items in it. There's only one register at this store, and it's pretty empty. There's just one 50-something lady checking out in front of me. It would have been quick, but it took 23 minutes for her to check out. Yes, I timed it. Why, you ask? She had about 20 items, and each and everything that was scanned, she would haggle the price with the cashier. After arguing about the items for a solid 15 minutes, she gets her total and pulls out a wad of coupons. 90% of them ended up being expired and yells at the employee that they're still valid. And after this whole ordeal, she speeds off in a brand new Lexus in a huff, new dishware and all. Here's the revenge part. I go to check out as I normally do when the lady speeds back up and parks in the fire lane and runs in the store. She tries to cut in front of me in line, and I quickly step up so she doesn't have room. I make small talk with the cashier. They quietly complain that this lady does this all the time. I say, watch this. I then begin to do the same thing as her and loudly argue the price of everything. Are you sure that was $12.99? The blue one was cheaper. Maybe I should go back and get that. I think the throw pillows were half off. I swear, I saw it on a sign somewhere. Oh no, this one looks damaged. Maybe I get a discount? Meanwhile, the employee is laughing and trying to keep their shoulders from shaking so the lady can't see us. Me and the employee spent 15 minutes there and he even slowly wrapped every item. Even if it wasn't fragile. He wrapped a throw pillow three times so it didn't get water damage on the way home. It hasn't rained in weeks, lol. I walk out with a big grin on my face, thank god for masks, and hear her screech, The nerve of some people! Anyway, I think you scanned this item more than once. I already chucked the receipt though, so maybe just a $10 refund? Our next Reddit post is from Snaggletooth Crazy Brain. All through middle school, there was this one girl who was several years older than me, M, who rode my school bus who really headed out for my Japanese-American family. 
every morning when my five siblings and I would get on the bus, she would start yelling at us from the back of the bus. Hey, it's the Asians! And other random meaningless garbage, taunting, goading, and making fun of us for literally no reason. The same things would happen to us in the hallways if we ever had the misfortune of running into her. Once, we talked to our mom about it and she was like, Oh, you mean Pig Girl? The one who makes really ugly faces at me every time the bus pulls up? So we had a good laugh that my five-foot-flat angel mother had been calling our bully Pig Girl all this time. But the situation never improved even after Pig Girl left middle school, since our school's bus routes were shared by the high school. So years went on, and I finally started high school, and somehow ended up hanging out with a bunch of senior girls all the time. Not because of any merit, but because I was small and lonely, and they took me under their wing. It wasn't a bad time, thanks to these kind girls, and I had all but forgotten about Pig Girl. One day, one of the nice girls who sits with us at lunch brings someone new with her, saying this senior girl had no place to sit and wanted to be friends. And, well, what do you know, it's good old Pig Girl. Looking back, I wish I'd been nice and understanding. She was probably just taking out pent-up emotions from being lonely and having family problems on easy targets like my family of small people. But, alas, I didn't. When Pig Girl was introduced to us, I put on a really nice and welcoming act, knowing that I had her in the palm of my hand. I immediately said something along the lines of, Hi, do you remember me from the bus? And she responded uncomfortably in the positive. I had her sit next to me. I then struck up a jovial conversation with the entire table about how much Pig Girl had bullied my family and I, laughing about it as if it were some funny story from the past. All the nice girls were trying to smile and go along with the joke, but were obviously uncomfortable shooting odd looks at this newcomer. Pig Girl, on the other hand, looked like she was sitting on hot coals. After telling my funny story and expressing how much of a living hell Pig Girl had made middle school for me, I finally hit her with, lol, but anyway, why would you do that to my family and I? What did we ever do to you? With the biggest, nicest smile I could muster, Pig Girl sputtered like a squashed frog. I heard her try to squeal something about, well, there was just so many of you, and other BS. But I just said, oh, I gotta get to my next class a bit early, and took off, leaving the most uncomfortable silence I've ever seen. Pig Girl didn't join our lunch table after that. Nah, OP, I wouldn't feel bad about what you did. People deserve to face the consequences of their actions. In my opinion, what you did wasn't mean, it was justice. Our next Reddit post is from Random Ravenclaw. My friend had a long-term lease on a home for five years, which stipulated that he has to repaint every room the day he moved out. So he found neutral paint colors, hired a handyman, and had the place freshly painted the day before his moving truck showed up. Well, his landlord showed up waving their contract, yelling. The wording said, the day he moved out, not the day before. The landlord was convinced that the movers would scuff up the walls. He wanted the house left pristine. He really was ready to take the case to court. My friend was crushed. Between painting, moving, and the deposit on his new place, he had no money to repaint or to go to court. I was furious with this landlord. I went to the house and saw the paint job was fine and not scuffed. My friend and I met that night at the old house. Per his contract, we repainted every wall solid black. We even did some ceilings. <laughs> we would have done them all if we had time. I don't know if it's just me, but I have a fascination with hidden images. 
I took clear glow-in-the-dark paint and illustrated demons in the closet walls and in shadowy corners. They were all pretty shadowy by the time we left. We left a copy of the contract for the landlord. Walls freshly painted the day he left. He never specified the color. We also had before and after photos printed out. So the best part of this petty revenge is that it's super hard to cover black paint. My guess is that it would probably take at least four coats of paint to go back to a neutral color. So this is the petty revenge that keeps on giving. That was r slash petty revenge, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra podcast episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcasts every single day.